You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. And I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report. And I'm a big fan. I think he does a great job. And I like him a little better. I believe, Connor, you're a Mets fan as well, aren't you? I am a Mets fan, Dave. So we're riding on high times this morning. I spent the first hour just waxing poetic about Jacob deGrom last night. That was such a filthy performance. And this is what I said. And tell me if you agree with this or not. We'll get to the draft in a moment. He's as good as any athlete in any sport at, at all, period, end of sentence right now. Absolutely. I mean, he absolutely is. He's as good as anyone. And, you know, it's funny, just to put that performance in perspective, I was talking to my other buddy that's a a big Mets fan, and people will think this is crazy. That was a more impressive performance than Johan Santana's no-hitter when all is said and done in terms of just pure pitching. It was genius. I mean, first of all, they can't touch his fastball. Then he then he throws the slider. They can't touch that. He's throwing over 100. He's throwing 92-mile-an-hour sliders. I mean, professional bats, right? Like, Trey Turner's a good offensive player. Josh Bell's a good offensive player. They looked lost at the plate. Josh Bell looked like he could have gone to bat 30 times last night and wouldn't have touched the baseball. The swings were hilarious. He <laughs> yeah. was laughing at him being uh, two seconds behind every single fastball. It really is remarkable. All right, Connor, I, I could talk Mets with you all day, but I, I want to have you on for your, your expertise, and that is uh, the <laughs> NFL draft. So answer this for me. We, we know that Lawrence is going to go one. We know Wilson's going to go two. The draft kind of starts at three, and I know nobody knows for sure, but what's your best guess? Is it Jones? Is it Fields at three with the Niners? Man, I'm going to surprise you. I still think Trey Lance really? is my guess. It really – it really wouldn't shock me. Now, I know the favorite's Mac Jones. I, I understand that. I understand every single national insider and everyone along those lines. Now, what I could tell you, Dave, is I, I talked to somebody that would know the Niners' process. They really, really would. And they said they made this trade so early just knowing that they loved this quarterback class and had a lot of homework to do. And I was so surprised where immediately after the trade, everybody's standing up and saying, oh, it's for Mac Jones. We know this. you got to realize Kyle Shanahan makes the decisions there, especially at quarterback. Kyle Shanahan was not scouting these guys September through December. Uh, January, they had a ton of turnover on their coaching staff. Then he goes into February and starts to do free agency for March. Kyle Shanahan was late in this process, and that's why they had all these late workouts in the last couple of weeks. I I understand why nobody would think Trey Lance there, but they got Jimmy G. They held on to Jimmy G when I think they could have traded him. That, to me, is a signal that at least Trey Lance is still in the mix here because he's somebody that probably needs to sit for a couple of weeks and you still have Jimmy there. But I think Mac is still the favorite. But I think if you're trading three first-round picks, you got to swing for the fences, and that pick is not Mac Jones. I agree with that. Do you think that in, in I don't know, five, seven years from now, we look at this draft and like, wow, that was a monster quarterback draft? Yeah, I think so. I mean, four of them are in my top five with Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance. And then you look at Mac Jones, and I think he could be a serviceable starter. And then maybe one of the day two guys with Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, or Davis Mills uh, turns into a serviceable starter down the road as well. So when you have, you know, really four potential franchise quarterbacks, and the law of averages tells you that probably two of them will bust, whether that's the team's fault, whether that's the player's fault. That's typically how it goes. But these are high-end starters. Like Trevor Lawrence should be a top five, top eight NFL quarterback within two to three years. One of Wilson, Lance, or Fields, the same exact thing. So it's a really, really special group. And 
I don't think we're done seeing teams pay a significant price to get up into the top eight picks uh, to land one of them. Do you love Zach Wilson? I know that some people are kind of mixed on him. I know a lot of people love him. I know Mike Tannenbaum really likes him. I know that Paul Feinbaum does not. Where do you fall? Is he your number two quarterback in this class? He is. I really do love him. Number three overall player, only behind Lawrence and Penny Sewell. I think with Wilson, the only thing you really worry about in terms of him being just a colossal bust is injuries. He's had the shoulder surgery and the thumb surgery, and then that kind of hindered his 2019 season. He comes back fully healthy 2020. And sure, it was a cupcake schedule, but he absolutely lit it up and does all the things you ask as a pro. Lightning quick release, the timing spray, the deep ball uh, placement and velocity is really as good as it gets. He's bigger than people think. He's a really good athlete, a hard worker, uh, and all these guys are. That's what I love about these top four between him, Lawrence Fields, and Lance. They are special leaders and hard workers that if they fail, it's just, it just won't be because of them in my eyes. It'll be because of their teams. And unfortunately, the Jets and the Jaguars have a significant history of failing to support quarterbacks. So that's where things have to change right off the jump. But I think Zach Wilson is the real deal. And, and he fits everything you want in the kind of offense they're going to run uh, coming from the San Francisco 49ers with Mike LaFleur, whose brother and is the head coach in Green Bay. They run some of the same principles as well. So it's a nice fit but they have to build talent around him, something they did not do for Sam Darnold. No, I think we can all agree with that. Connor Rogers, Bleacher Report, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so you think a quarterback goes three, you're not sure who. Do you think the Falcons go with another quarterback at four as well? So they're in a fluid situation. And my understanding with them was that they've had these conversations for a while. Uh, do we take our quarterback and send him behind Matt Ryan? The, the tell here to me was them restructuring Matt Ryan's deal where the money is spread out guaranteed over the next couple of years. I don't know if it makes sense to take a quarterback when you already did that. So if they did, this, is, this could become a Jordan Love situation where the guy is sitting for you know two, maybe three years, and then you're wondering, well, did we miss the rookie salary window to build this team around a rookie quarterback salary? So Ultimately, I think what I understand is they're weighing this. If they don't get the godfather offer that the Niners made to come up to three and they are stuck at four, they'll just take Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell. The problem they're having internally is if they take Sewell is how do they reshuffle their offensive line that they thought was set at left tackle and right tackle? Do they play him at guard? Do they move a veteran inside? Uh, that can cause some hurt feelings and some problems. And then you just have the, the easy answer of, hey, take Kyle Pitts build a super offense with Pitts, Ridley, uh, Julio, and give Matt Ryan a legitimate chance in his final couple of years. That really is an embarrassment of riches. Do, do the Bengals have to? I know that they, they love Pitts and they probably love Jamar Chase, but they, they, they have to take an offensive lineman, don't they? I, I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to take Chase. And, oh. and I think what's interesting with that is, I know it's crazy, especially with the injury, Burrow, you could see the scar on his knee in their new uniform <laughs> pictures. That's just how bad it all is. But I think that he has a big voice in this. I think they love Jamar Chase. I think if they did take Sewell or Slater, they would kick Jonah Williams inside the left guard and have a really, really great wall on the left side of that line. But I think they've convinced themselves that Jonah Williams is serviceable at left tackle they're going to get the rest of the interior figured out later on in the draft. It is a very deep offensive line class, I'll say that, which is great for your Giants as well. I just think they're going to take Jamar Chase because they grade him as a special talent there in the top five. 
I just think you got to protect your quarterback at, at, at all costs, and, and Penny Sewell would, would probably do that. So when do you think the, the uh, offensive linemen start to go then? Because uh, do you see Miami going there at, at six or, or even further down? I think Miami is sitting there hoping that they can get Pitts or Chase, or you know, if they obviously don't have that opportunity, then do they look at Devontae Smith, get to a familiar face. So it's going to get really interesting. I think somebody would come up for Sewell if he started to fall outside the top six. I know Detroit wants to trade their pick. Carolina, now that they have Sam Darnold, they could take Sewell because they have a franchise right tackle in Taylor Moton, literally franchise tagged him. They still could take a left tackle there. Uh, with Denver, they're looking to trade that selection, I think. I've heard the Eagles could be aggressive to come up ahead of the Giants in Dallas, but that might be for a corner. So the offensive line class is really going to get its full run, probably starting at 10 or 11. If one of the top two fall to the Cowboys, I think they would consider taking them. The Giants have to consider it. Of course, the Chargers and Vikings are really, really where things get, you know, really get started. Connor Rogers, Bleacher Report, joining us here on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. So um, you mentioned the Giants. Let's go there. Firstly, Gettleman, uh, and he drives me crazy every time I hear him address this. You know, he's not going to get <laughs> fleeced if he makes a deal, and he won't do that. It's got to be the right deal. Is it realistic at all that you think the Giants either move up or back, preferably, in this draft, or you think they pick at 11 on Thursday? I think they pick at 11. I just uh-huh. can't see him moving. And you you hear it in his voice, the way he talks. He thinks that the world's out to get him in the draft. I mean, I, I really don't understand. Now, also the problem to, to defend Dave Gettleman, something I often don't find myself doing, I don't know what teams are coming up to 11-4. I think that's the question. Now, if somebody slides, the Giants should have deals already worked out as you and I are speaking right now. These are already figured out, these deals. You call up, but you already have the deal done if the player right, like starts if, if to Mac, fall. If Mac Jones but is it, there at 11 and somebody wants him, I mean, if you're the Giants, it, it, it's almost <laughs> criminal if you don't trade back. You have to. I mean, you really, really do. I just think Gettleman sits there and wonders with the Eagles. But these are the things he thinks of. The Eagles behind him or not getting – they are also very firm in the way they stack their boards where they just want a player. They did that with Saquon, which – you know, you can make your argument whether you love it or not, but that's they were not moving, and they thought, hey, we have to get this guy here. You know, Andrew Thomas, who had an up-and-down rookie season, there was a lot of good offensive tackles, but they sat there and said, no, that's the one we want, even though there's four great ones in the first round right here. So it's a situation where if they love a guy like Devontae Smith and he's there, or even no matter a quarterback is there that they could, you know, teams can come up, I just don't think they're a team that will consider moving. It often hurts you, too, in day two more so than round one, and people really don't talk about that with Gettleman. Well, he did move up into round one a couple years ago and took the great DeAndre Baker um, late in the first round, which worked out really well. So, (laughs) Connor, give me a projection. Who who do you think the Giants take at 11? Man, I'm thinking Devontae Smith if he makes it. Now, with the weight, and that will surprise people. They gave Kenny Galladay a lot of money. Uh, So, they still, they got to prove that Daniel Jones is the guy. But my understanding with the Giants is I think – they feel they can replace Kevin Zeitler on day two of the draft. It's a deep offensive line class where unless one of the top two, Sewell or Slater, falls to 11, which is unlikely, they don't need to take offensive line there. They can get a starter with the other guys they already have on the roster uh, to compete on day two. So offense, I'll give you a name. I think it's Devontae Smith. On defense, I'll tell you, I look at this defense, Micah Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker, he makes a lot of sense there at 11. This is a team that – they need to get more athletic in the middle of the field. They run a ton of one linebacker and two linebacker packages on defense as much as anybody. And 
they're just not that athletic at that position. So Micah Parsons, we know Gettleman's history with linebacker. Micah Parsons at 11 would also not shock me at all. Uh, give me some names for the Jets at 23. And also included in that question, can you see the Jets moving up if there's a guy they really like and, and trying to nab him prior to 23? I can. I could see them coming up for offensive line. Now, the names that make the most sense to me are Elijah Vera Tucker, the left tackle, left guard from USC, and Tevin Jenkins. He's played both sides for Oklahoma State. So, they, And these guys can all transition inside as well. So for the Jets, they need offensive line help. I don't think either of those guys make it to 23. I think when you have the Raiders at 17, Miami at 18, Washington at 19, the offensive line run is just going to get absolutely insane. But that's why you acquire extra draft capital, to be flexible in the draft and make moves up and down the board. So if they do stay, you're looking probably for another front four player. Robert Sala is going to pound the table for guys like that. Jalen Phillips, uh, the most talented edge pass rusher in this draft class from Miami, some injury questions. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, super high-character player who's going to be a 20-year-old rookie, I believe. Uh, he's somebody that would not shock me to see in their front four. And then, of course, they really need cornerbacks. I just don't think the board's going to break for them the right way. I think Sertain's going to be gone. J.C. Horn's going to be gone. Newsom and Caleb Farley are really nice players with significant injury histories that you might be looking closer to 34 rather than 23. Uh, last one. I, I've heard that the three receivers are on a different plane than everybody else. Smith, Chase, and uh, and Waddle. Do you agree with that? That those three are on a, just a different level than the rest of the receivers in this draft? I think it's been exaggerated. I think Chase is, and, and I think Waddle can be. And I really like Devontae Smith, but I think people don't realize how good Rashad Bateman is from Minnesota, or Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, or Terrace Marshall from LSU, who was playing behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in that national championship run and still caught double-digit touchdowns from Joe Burrow. So I think it's been exaggerated. I think those guys are great. They're in their own tier. They all could develop into number one targets long-term. But in a league where the ball is spread around a ton, you could still find a number one, number two target in the back end of round one or anywhere on round two of this draft. It's a deep wide receiver class once again. Is Chase the one, though? Is he the best of the bunch? He's the best one I've evaluated in many years. I can't even think off the really? top of my head someone I've seen better. Yeah, I mean, th Dave, this is a guy that was 19 running by corners that are starting in the NFL today and making them look like undrafted free agent level players. I, I mean, seriously, he's special. And I it blows my mind that people are overthinking him. He's great in contested catch situations. He's great after the catch. He works really, really hard. His route running's gotten way better. He's fast. He's strong. Uh, he's really like a faster DeAndre Hopkins to me. He, he's oh a God. special, special player. If you, special have, player. if you could have Pitts or Chase, who would you want? Chase. And everybody has made Pitts into this, you know, uh, whatever you want to say, a, a small forward out there playing tight end or LeBron of basketball. And it's fun. It's exciting. He's an awesome player. But I'll tell you, the mismatch wide receivers – Transit. They're going to beat NFL cornerbacks. I, I like Kyle Pitts. I don't know if he's going to run by every safety or moss every safety or absolutely run by and embarrass every linebacker. He could do it to a lot of them. It's just a tougher position, tight end, to translate and be productive at right away in the NFL with Jamar Chase. I expect him to have over 1,000 yards as a rookie and for the next five to eight years. All right. Great stuff, Connor. You are excellent. We appreciate a couple minutes, and uh, let's, let's catch up after DeGrom dominant starts. Good stuff, as always. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Always great talking to you, man. And I appreciate it. That, of course, is Connor Rogers. It's a terrific job. Uh, fun, quick, uh, concise, uh, great analysis there from Bleacher Report. 
You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.